Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In today's episode, we have Julie taking us on a very great topic, a very prevalent topic right now, since it's something that Google is really pushing us towards. We are going to be talking about testing the new broad match in Google Ads. And she's so excited as I am to have a special guest co-hosting with her, which is at Ads Liaison, if you are part of of this PPC community, you will know that it is Ginny Marvin we're referring to there. And Ginny Marvin is the ad liaison, Google ads liaison. You know, she works directly for Google. So this is, you know, information from the horse's mouth per se, as much as she can divulge with us. Yeah, there was a lot of conversation going on today. So this is very much going to be a roundup. So I'm not going to read every single tweet on every single, you know, conversation and every single thread that was shared. But yeah, I will try to get the most of the roundup of what was shared and all the amazing expert opinions of how testing broad match is for people, how they're doing it, whether they're testing it, whether they're trusting it. So yeah, hope you enjoy. Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host, Anu, and I'm recording from my studio here in London, UK, and I use this platform to share not just expert, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to... If you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share and retweet on that's right, Twitter with my handle, The Marketing Anu, or join us on our LinkedIn group, which is the PPC chat roundup. Or if you're on Instagram, check us out at PPC chat underscore roundup to get quotes and snippets from previous episodes. So yeah, we've got Julie joined by Ginny Marvin talking about, you know, testing out the new broad match in Google ads. We'll get straight into the chat that Julie has. And Julie first asks Ginny saying, for those who may not know you, Ginny, please introduce yourself. And Ginny goes, hi, I'm Ginny Marvin. And my role as the ads product liaison is to act as a bridge between the advertising community and the teams at Google working on ads, products and policies. I'm a longtime marketer and former S-E-L journalist. So that's search engine land journalist. And yeah, search engine land is also a very highly rated and highly qualified place for you to get your search engine news. Well, yeah, search engine, Google ads, search marketing news. So yeah, search engine land is a good place for that. But before we get into the questions, as Judy says, this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. If you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please don't be afraid to participate. Lurkers are, of course, always welcome. And as I like to add, lurkers and podcast listeners are always welcome as well. Because, yeah, it's going to be really hard to participate in the chat if you are just a podcast listener. Not just if you're a very amazing, prominent podcast listener. Anyway, enough of me stumbling over my words. Let's get to Julie's words. Julie asks question one. Are you currently running any campaigns in Google ads that are utilizing Broadmatch? Are you exclusively using Broadmatch? Are you using it with smart bidding? I almost feel like those are three questions, but let's see what people go with. 
Travis responds saying never at launch, robust enough keyword research should provide a completely viable controlled start with exact match only. Google's newer exact match flexibility uncovers enough variations to add. Once that's maxed out from a search impression share perspective, tiptoe into phrase. Debbie Norton responds saying, hey, Julie, great to be joining in on PPC chat today. Boom, question right off the bat. And she goes, it depends Currently running the brand name on broad match and not utilizing smart campaign at the moment. JJ Lowry responds saying we have broad running on some campaigns. We usually run exact match with it though to help with efficiency. We also run phrase. Smart bidding is essentially all we do. Only reason we wouldn't is if we're testing something and we need a lot of specific traffic fast. Mark responds saying gave up fighting it a year ago. I use broad match as standard on all new campaign builds. PPC Ninja Warrior, I believe is his handle, saying using broad match with max conversions on most accounts freaks you out at the start, but does its job a couple of weeks into it. Exclusions are the key if done carefully based on data, not assumptions. Dana Lina responding, yes, I'm running campaigns in Google ads with broad match enabled. And yes, they are using smart bidding. I use it on almost all campaigns except branded and competition. Gil Gilner responds saying, yes, we have actually started using broad match more and more since it has changed. We test it for top of funnel purposes, used to be terrible, but it's actually sometimes useful these days. In most cases, exact is still much better, but broad has its time and place. We then have Kurt Henninger responding to question one saying, yes, we are definitely using broad match and only with smart bidding, not exclusively though. I think of broad match as an expansion slash growth strategy. Sarah Steeman responds to question one as well saying, yes, I'm using broad match, but I admit I don't by default start there. And yes, I am using automated smart bidding strategies. Julie responds to question one saying, I do not have broad match running in any campaigns right now. Interesting. Mark responds saying, I'm sorry, but Ben, you are doing a disservice to your clients. Lord, love people's and their sense of entitlement. BM gives you access to exclusive bidding signals that improve TROs. Yeah, so is he a silent Google employee? Anyway, who knows about that? Nava Hawkins responds to question one saying, I do use Broadmatch. However, my usage of it has shifted away from sequestering it in its own ad group with all the other keywords added as negatives in that ad group to just including it in the ad group. I found that the broad ad group was hurting the non-broad. Interesting. She continues, I don't exclusively use broad. We'll use either phrase or exact for the most part. I use smart bidding when there's enough conversions and auto bidding with bid caps when there isn't. Broad match bakes in audiences plus bypasses expensive auctions. And yeah, now it continues a great reason to use broad pick up typos. <laughs> Dylan responds, yes, yeah, something similar my side moving away from a broad match only ad group or campaign to now integrating it with my normal campaigns. And we have Chris Ridley responding to question one saying, yes, and every instant is using smart bidding. The only times they are used are within campaigns that have strict audience slash location targeting and extensive negative keyword lists or low search volume topics. I have stopped using it for brand terms. Yeah, I think that's a good strategy. Tony Zara responding, our thinking is that automation works best automation. 
So when we use a broad match, we use TROS with it. Then Julie takes us on to question two, asking if you are not currently using or testing broad match in Google ads, why are you not using it? Yes, the the reasons of why you don't test broad match. Travis responds saying advertisers or brands should care about $1 in equals to X dollars out above all accounting for the right margin to define that X. I don't see a future where broad provides that control. It uncovers new keyword themes slash variations, but at what cost? Why not do keyword research for zero cost? Julie goes, great to see you here in this chat today. Mark responds, say, I have avoided using it in the past because it would show my ads against wildly irrelevant queries, but more recently, this has been less of an issue. PPC Ninja Warrior responds, saying, not using broad match plus TCPA. I had named it Broadomation <laughs> while at Solutions 8, where I don't have solid conversion history in the account. And then Danielina responds saying, I use it on brand campaigns, but there were a lot of irre- irrelevant terms related to the brand, but not containing the brand name in the search term. So I preferred in this case to turn back to phrase match. Gil Gilner responds saying there are some situations where it causes problems, specifically in super specific ad groups where we already know the exact term we need to appear for, for example, competitor or brand campaigns. We have Julia Weiss responding to question one saying, yep, it's a really good approach when blended with audiences and I sometimes use it for lower volume campaigns. Julie then answers question two, saying the main reason I'm not using broad match more is because the accounts I work on are very often low conversion volume. And I found the automated bidding just can't get into a groove. So not trying broad without it, you know, unless you have the budget for those kind of low volume to actually go long term and actually see what the performance is going to be on a long term basis. It can be very hard. Julie then asks Ginny going, what are your recommendations for accounts like this? Very low conversion volume accounts to test broad match. Believe that we have an answer there. Yeah, Ginny goes, definitely recommend using broad match with smart bidding to so consider the conversion action you're optimizing for. Be sure to tightly theme the keywords in your ad groups and create highly relevant assets and consider using experiments to get started. And Julie goes, the only conversion actions my clients care about are leads and some just don't generate a lot per month, longer consideration cycles. I feel like these types of accounts are getting left behind. I do tightly themes always. Chris Ridley goes, yeah, you've made a good point about smaller accounts and longer conversion cycles accounts feeling like they are being left behind with allowing you to update the conversion value of a conversion in Google ads with offline data more than once help with this. And Julie goes, yeah, it's still at its core a volume issue, in my opinion. And let's also be real. Lots of businesses do not have sophisticated CRM tools that neatly and cleanly export data. And Chris responds to question two, going using broad match keywords for branded terms due to already struggling to keep phrase match under control for brand terms. When door deals can trigger doors for sales and cheap doors, then there's no hope for broad match. Yeah, interesting. Julia Vice responds saying, I've been very cautious in testing it as I have lots of public sector clients and any mishaps have major consequences for us. My restaurant client is a bit simpler, burger, 
exact and burger broad are fairly safe bets i hope so right yeah because goes is anyone suddenly hungry and yeah they start to talking about food so let's move on to continue to talk about the ppc here we then have sarah steeman responding to question two saying continued there are also certain clients with household names where broad category matches to brand i still segment out brand and non-branded and don't broad match brand or model names oh, interesting strategy Nava Hopkins responds to question two saying I will share the reasons I used to not use it and why I now do number one bad matches now the matches are reasonable 80% of the time versus the 20% they were they are meh two waste over cost now I find I get cheaper exact or phrase match three brand standard this one isn't always solvable yeah, interesting. Very strategic way of giving those answers. Ekta responds to question two saying, I'm using the broad match for targeted bofu, so bottom of funnel type skags. I avoid it in brand and competitors. The reason I am running Google ads in industries where retail is preferred, so less volume on the broad keywords. I separate the intent as transactional from SEMrush though. From SEMrush. Okay, interesting one there. Ashton Clark responds to question two saying, a big factor is client fit. I work mostly in B2B where companies want or need to have tighter keyword coverage. Some also have smaller budgets and they can't afford to waste ad spend on irrelevant queries. So broad match isn't really a good fit in these cases. Uh, that's an issue when, when the company has an issue, the company has an issue. We then have Julie taking us on to question three saying, what strategies have you found that work well when using or testing broad match in Google ads? Starting off, we have Mark saying, all I thought I would have to spend my life in the search query report because BM would match my ads against trash, but it hasn't been that bad and I've been pleasantly surprised. Would love to know BG theory preferred match type these days though. He's the godfather of PPC. So that's Brad Gators. And then Julie responds saying, what types of products or services are you working with? Brad has published some stuff on match types. I'll link to the most recent in the recap post as well. Mark goes, that would be great. Thank you. I'm a PPC veteran of over 15 years, all sectors, all budgets. I've seen it all. Yeah, Mark, that doesn't really say anything. What industries are you actually working with right now? Like there's a, a millions of industries you could be working with, like dial it down. Anyway, Travis responds to question three saying, in my tests experiments, the only stat a significant win with broad match keywords was improved volume naturally. Every other meaningful metric failed. It may work for brands willing to invest in fast or low to no returning learnings. I maintain that those learnings can be profitable or break even. Diana Lina responds saying, having a big list of negative keywords in place before adopting it. And in my case, using maximize conversions or TCPA as smart bidding strategies. Gil Gilner responds saying, making sure you keep on top of negative keywords and structuring your ad groups based on topic, which you should usually do anyway, will help with account hygiene and performance in general. And then we have Dwayne Brown responding to question two saying, I can see why people don't use it. I would also say don't discount it if you have not even tested it in the last 12 to 24 months. Using it can get you scale. And we have Nava Hopkins responding to question three saying, I like to add broad match into one of my B or C level campaigns, not my A winners. 
and assess the quality of queries and cost. It's worth noting, I always start new accounts off with Broadmatch to get data quickly and prove out which concepts fit the budget. And then we have Kurt Henninger responding to question three, saying get conversion data first with exact and phrase. Two, use very specific longer tail variations of keywords that have conversion data, just different match type. Three, strong use of negatives. Four, use them to help scale an account at same conversion value. And then Julia Weiss responds to question three, saying audiences, it's the easiest way for me to inform the machine of what I want and shape traffic the way I need. Layer an audience with it to experiment. And if you're in a situation with a burger or drive through type term, test it once you have some results. Lawrence Chase responds to question one and two saying yes. And if you have the right audience or audience signals, it can be very effective. I would say test small, fail small though. Not all products, brands or categories are the same. If we are talking Microsoft, it's a hard no, they are not ready yet. And then he responds to question two saying with some brands, Google does not do a good job running tests. You can find out pretty fast which big enough spends if it will work or not. Chris Ridley responds to question three saying my go-to strategies are max conversions and max conversion value with the TCP and TROA settings when possible. The only time I'd use broad match on maximize clicks or another bit strategy is when I need to generate a lot of keywords data quickly for testing or for testing. And he continues the rest of my strategy is predicting the negative keywords before running or using the exact and phrase match keywords to help with this. I also have a collection of negative keyword lists I apply to all of my accounts. When I apply them, I tailor them to each account or campaign. I also start with a small budget and go from there. And then Dylan online responds to question three saying, but broad match with a target CPA is a must on some or all of my accounts. Audience layering with tofu or general keywords, ad groups with all match types included. And then Sophie Logan responds to question three saying being even more vigilant, vigilant, I I think she might mean with negative keywords, using first party data whenever possible, daily checks or to keep eye on what's going on, designated testing budget. If it works that great, if not, you've not spent more than you can afford. And we have Dwayne Brown responding to question three saying, if we maxed out exact and phrase match broad in its own campaign with embedded negatives. If exact and phrase lack traffic, use broad to get scale to leverage data. We got a UK client where broad works for what they sell. For broad, Lauren says, doing your negative keyword research ahead of time, making sure you have the right conversions, actions selected, setting up audience signals, all can help you be more successful out of the gate. Sarah Steeman responds saying it goes without saying that goals are the best first step. But then I agree about negatives, monitoring what can be seen in search term reports and looking at keyword performance. Ashton Clark responds to question three saying layering on audiences instead of adding them as an observation, set the campaign to targeting and pair it with broad keywords, also particularly useful with remarketing lists. Negative keywords are crucial too, as always. And yeah, when Mark said, yes, read Unlock the Power of Search from 2022, Ginny Marvin goes, yes, highly recommend reading and bookmarking this to better understand how to use 
broad match and that is a link i'll provide in the show notes as well so make sure you check that out tony zara responds to question three saying we've learned that broad usually goes straight to conquesting conquesting is the least profitable tactic for most retailers setting up the negatives to to anticipate that is helpful and then Julie goes to question four saying, if you're using or testing broad match in Google ads, what have your biggest challenges or frustrations been? Oh, only five answers I'm seeing here, but yeah, Ginny gets involved in this answers as well. Travis responds to question four saying, seems that Google A is not as adept at inferring intent as it claims or B has not extended this capability out to all. The machine learning curve should not be so steep that we waste spend to make broad match work. If getting to fifth gear was faster, I'd adopt more, well, broadly. And Ginny responds to that saying, if you've got specifics to share, feel free to DM me. In the meantime, the best practices Debbie laid out here are key. And there's a tweet link to that. Debbie Norton shared that on a thing she mentioned because yeah, Debbie mentioned her answer to question four saying, intentionally using broad match keywords in very tight ad groups ads landing page works when they're highly targeted that's a question answer to question four as well so yeah so that's that's debbie's answer as well and that's debbie's answer too and so yeah genie definitely agrees to that travis responds here i'll review those resources and i agree with debbie norton example dtc soup dumpling brand broad match keyword soup dumplings queries chicken soup soup ladles etc landing page dedicated to soup dumplings zhao longbao and chinese dumplings the inference should be clearer to google than outputs suggest and as we saw yeah debbie's answer to question four was intentionally using broad match keywords in very tight ad groups ads landing pages works when they're highly targeted Mark responds to question four saying, I've actually found it made things easier. It's made campaigns builds smaller and less time consuming as I don't have to compile exhaustive keyword lists. Genie responds saying, glad to hear this. That is the goal. More relevant volume plus simplified campaign structure and management load. And yeah, Chris just goes my negative keyword lists and it's just a very, very long list. <laughs> a gift for a very, very long list. Dana Alina responds to question four saying at the beginning, the search term report needed to be verified more frequently and more terms were added than now. Also a challenge was the brand campaign where even the after a period of time of constantly adding negative, the search terms quickly didn't improve. And then Ekta gives an answer to question three saying filtering, organizing and segmenting are very important with broad match. Keep removing the negative keywords specifically with automated bid strategy. Keep the structure of your campaign tight to avoid budget leaks. Include the keywords on the landing pages. Use intent. Some really great advice there. And she continues, use transactional intent keywords with search. Use commercial or more broad keywords with DSA to test. Keep the campaign separated with product types, topics, and other parameters. It helps when you start getting 500 plus search terms a day. That's a good measure to have. That's a good way to like give people a, a proper measure of what to start looking for. Julia Vice responds saying, well, I hate to repeat myself, but search terms. And that's an answer to question four. I can see conversions, but I need to actually verify the relevance of what I'm testing. When testing with audiences in regional campaigns, volume has been a real challenge. Alex Nicole responds saying, I feel this. We have some smaller lead gen clients and layering on audiences can be restricting. I like using audiences when I can, but it isn't always feasible. 
plus the amount of time it can take uh, to gather good data for these types of clients can take so long. Testing takes time. And we have Lawrence responding to question four saying the biggest challenge is if the product or brand name has a common word in it, Google will try and match it to everything with that term in it. This is why the negative work ahead of time is so important, even when using smart bidding options. Julia Vice responds saying someone at Purple knew what they were up to. I bet their SEO team had nightmares when they first started out. And we have another Hopkins responding to question four saying that this isn't a broad match frustration. It's a Google ads frustration. I want my search term data, understanding what ways of searching that led to conversions or didn't is the key of getting more budget to spend more on those ideas. Um, and then Nava continues, one of these reasons people have become so dependent on the API tools that build on the API is that they need the obscured data for those who can't build their own solution or afford a tool. It's hard to deal with the lack of data. And we have Sarah Steeman responding to question four saying other keywords not seeing the light of day, which impacts hyper-targeted ads. Sophie Logan responds to question four saying not knowing what else you can do to help the system work better for your account. Conversions, customer lists, correct tracking, negative keyword lists, RSAs, decent landing pages. What else can we do to help the machine get it right? Julia Vice responds saying, it sounds like you're doing everything you can. Now make sure it's a good product. And yeah, so Longan goes, yeah, but good PPC can fix everything, right? <laughs> yeah, let's not go down that black hole. And Julia responds to question four saying, can we talk about broad match matching to competitors for both brand terms and non-brand terms and phrase and exact match for that matter. Can you speak to this, Ginny? Is this something on Google ads radar? It's frustrating for advertisers. And Ginny responds saying, yes, I recognize this is a concern and that negatives sometimes only get you so far. Negative keywords is still the primary tool for addressing this, but the team is looking at this more deeply. Stay tuned. Julie goes, yeah, this is good to hear. I have started generating competitor negative lists and applying them from go now for this reason. Yeah, but each customer of yours, each advertiser will have different competitors. So yeah, it'd be really difficult, you know, to be a really new task, really coming up with those competitor names and making sure you add them as negatives. This is just extra work for us. Julia Vice responds saying that in the public sector space, it's not as much competitors as it's misinformation. Being able to steer searches towards correct, authentic information is extremely important and matching to strange queries makes a big difference. And Kurt Henninger as well says, we see this almost all the time, our biggest hesitancy with broad, and that's the whole competitors matching towards, matching to, yeah, on broad or an exact and match, exact and phrase. And yeah, as Jeannie said, stay tuned because as she says that she recognizes the concern and this is being worked on by the team. Yes, let's really, really hope so. And we have Chris responding to question four saying the need of constantly micromanaging the ad groups campaigns using broad match, even one day without checking SQRs can cause a big loss in budget if you're not careful. Alex Nicole responds to question four saying, I've accepted my fate, but I would love more reported search terms from Google when using broad match. Google can take some liberties when deciding intent. Dylan goes, yeah, the search terms available in a broad match ad group compared to the other clicks received are sometimes huge. So yeah. 
a lot of hidden search terms there. Dwayne Brown responds, no frustrations, broad is broad is broad. <laughs> and Chris goes, yeah, that second sentence is similar to a search query you'd see if you had broad street as a keyword. <laughs> broad is broad is broad. So yeah, so Dwayne just accepting the fate of what broad is instead of being frustrated with it. I guess that can be a good way to look at it. Um, Dylan responds to question four saying it doesn't work for every account and that first month broad match will keep you super busy in the search terms report. So yeah, be, be aware that it's all about being busy in the search terms report. Hector responds to question four saying with the broad match, it is tough to manage with small budgets. You got to find the right keywords without exhausting all the budgets in one campaign. That is a tough battle, especially for low budget lead gens. So finding the right audience and conversions fast. Julie then goes on to question five saying, yeah, we have about 15 minutes left. So let's get to this question. No, you don't have, we don't have 15 minutes left of the podcast though. I will be. We'll be rounding it up. You will need to go to the official ppcchat.com to see more of the detailed question and answers that Ginny gave to a lot of the questions that were shared here. But I'll try and share some of the questions. I'll try to share some of the answers that we're given here. As we know, this is a roundup. If you want the more detailed answers that Ginny gave, please go to official ppcchat.com. But yeah, let's start with what Tony Zara asks. He goes, we feel like this when we try and figure out the part query can take in semantic, broad search, PMAX search and DSA. Is there a good framework we can use to understand where a query flows? So that's a question asked. Julie didn't answer it here, but I'm sure she'll get to it at the write up that Julie's going to do. Gil Gildner responds saying, I'm very happy with where Broad is going, but as I'm sure you know, many folks want more search term report coverage. Do you think there's any chance of that? I imagine the short answer is going to be no, but let's see what Ginny answers with. Mark asks, not about BM, sorry, but can Ginny get Google ads to highlight which of the 15 headlines on four description lines have disapproved on RSA, please? At the moment, you have to guess which of the 19 possibilities has caused the disapproval or speak to Google ads support. And a question asked by Hector to Ginny, and she asks, thanks for the chat today for fresh accounts with no data and less search volume keywords what are the bids you would suggest and with what match type especially in the phase of finding the first few conversions and Nava then proposes her questions by saying that yeah thank you for all you do i number one do restricted industry that get flagged for using audiences normally miss out on the audience piece of broad match two can broad keywords recover faster from being paused than phrase or exact. Three, which is better, broad or DSA? Mm, that's a good question. Sarah Steeman gives her own question in terms of answering question five, saying, when is exact and phrase going to just go away? I'm guessing you don't know or, or can't say, but when given the chance to ask, yes, let's ask all the questions possible, right? <laughs> Alex Nicole gives his question saying that there are lots of times when the recommended optimizations in Google recommends trying broad match as a test is there a threshold of data that it gathers before recommending that or is it just doing that by default no shade only curious dylan online goes yeah thanks for everything Ginny. what's a hotter topic for you right now performance max or broad match which of these changes do you feel the community prefers well dylan i think it's up to us to let Ginny know about which we prefer talking about which the hotter topic is for us because yeah, all of it is important. Performance max, 
broad match keywords, GA4, especially less than 100 days. I think we're, talk- we're looking at 90 days-ish to where we're going to be have to be migrating from UA completely to GA4. So be wary of that. But yeah, on that note, yeah, Julie then finally says, I'm capturing everyone's questions here and we will get answers posted in the recap post. So make sure you do go to, again, official PPC chat dot com to see the write-up of all of Ginny's answering the questions and Ginny goes thanks and I'll respond to all of these great questions as I have time today keep them coming thanks so much for all the fantastic questions and the feedback Broadmatch has come such a long way and really appreciate hearing what's working and what can be better so yeah they're going to be working on that and on that note we come to the end of this chat today I hope you found that useful. I don't know whether any of those questions that people have had are similar to the ones that you've had. And I hope some of the strategies that people have, which we'll call it, I don't know if strategies that people have suggested are the kind of things that, you know, have, have is going to be a great takeaway from you, for you to test. With Broadmatch, it sounds like you just need a lot of negative keyword lists. You need to look out for competitive search terms coming against that. So making sure that you add that to your negative lists and yeah, making sure that you have tightly themed ad groups. There's nothing like just being, just dumping whatever you want into an ad group. Make sure those ad groups are tightly themed and try some automated strategies with it. It seems to be the best way that people are working with them. So yeah, I imagine this chat, not even I imagine, this chat is going to continue on Thursday on Twitter spaces. So yeah, join join us at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. GMT to continue talking about testing broad match and different ways it can work. Yeah, if you've got any feedback or any corrections about anything I've said on here, do get in touch with me on Twitter at my handle, The Marketing Anu. We have also the PPC Chat Roundup podcast group on LinkedIn. So join us there if you have anything to say about the podcast. It would also be great for long standing members and even newer members who have listened to more than 30 seconds of the podcast to leave a rating or a review to give an indication that it's a podcast worth listening. So if you go to linktree.com forward slash PPC chat underscore roundup, it'll give you the links where you can on Spotify example, just leave a rating out of four out of five or five out of five, <laughs> you know, it'll take you seconds again. So yeah, I do a very lovely announcement about PPC Live UK. We had our fifth event last week. It was really great. The spin, my speakers really showed up. We had amazing food. It was great. And the show continues to go on. So we're going to have our next event on the 25th of May. If you just go to ppcliveuk.com, you'll get all the details about it. Four amazing speakers have been announced already. So yeah, get your early bird ticket of £17 to join us for that. We're probably going to be back in East London and we'd love for as many of you to join us. So finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly. There's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week.